Hello and welcome to University Challenged, the podcast that challenges the notion that in order to have an interesting, rewarding, successful career, you have to go to university. Today's guest is Sarah Burns, MBE, who is the founder and chair of an award-winning charity that helps women return to the workplace by giving them the clothes and the confidence they need to succeed at interview. Sarah talks about her experiences of having her studies interrupted by a move to a foreign country, how it felt to fail her exams, and how she went from an early career in childcare via the world of software to founding a charity that has very recently won the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service. I think you're going to love this episode. Please let me know what you think. You can follow the show on Instagram at university underscore challenged. Welcome, Sarah. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. So we're doing this remotely to one another. Um, Thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast. Tell our listeners, um, what's your name, Sarah? What's your full name? And what is it that you do? So my name is Sarah Burns. And I am chair and founder of Smart Works Reading, a charity that helps women get back into work. Brilliant. And how long have you been the chair of Smart Works Reading? Um, effectively, I um, set it up in 2015 and sort of been working all the way through up until now. Great. OK, six years. Um, so that's where you are now. Uh, let's go back in time let's think about when Sarah was at secondary school what what was your secondary school like where was it what's your memories of it so I well two two memories because I was uh, at secondary school in Oxford Charwell um upper school and it was um just just standard school um used to cycle to it every morning and you know mixed and um my memories were you know I really liked the social side with friends I have always and I'm still in touch with my group of friends from yeah. from there um but equally I have a large family and I'm the youngest of six children yeah. and I had two other sisters in one in the year above and one in two or three years above right <laughs> So I spent, my feeling was I had a lot of teachers and myself compare with the others. So if one sister was really good at maths, I either had to be equal her or I just wasn't, it wasn't my thing. Do you know what I mean? There was a negative. And if the other was really arty or sporty, and it, it seemed that because I had so many, so so many two sisters to compare to at the actual school, yeah, there wasn't much left for me to shine that they hadn't already, yeah. And that's what I kind of felt like I didn't find my own uniqueness. I was just either the same as them or not as good as them, yeah. And so that's- that affects your confidence and and your um I suppose my push to try new things I did what I had to to get by Mm. and not seen because that was just easier that's so that's so interesting so 
I'm the eldest of six. Um, and actually my <laughs> siblings. So there were three of us at school at the same time, I think at the same oh, secondary yeah. school at the same time. So yes, it does. The teacher's like, oh, oh, you're so-and-so sister, yeah. right. Yeah, that's hard. And it can go in your favour or it can cannot, you know. Yeah. And it depends where you sit in that three. Yeah. You know, eldest, youngest, or whether yeah. somebody is really excelling at something or so it's just yeah. Wow. They already had your card marked. They already had my card marked, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and how did you get on then when you did your what so I did GCSEs what did you do O levels so, so I did how O did levels so this is where sort of part two came in so I did started doing my O levels uh I think we chose eight you had to choose yeah. then and I did year one and yeah. then my dad got a new job in Switzerland and okay. he needed to tell <laughs> my one sister who's a year above me and myself that we would be moving to Switzerland so I then joined a um, private school in Switzerland because I didn't speak any French, uh, even though French was one of my own levels. <laughs> I basically spoke no French um, and we went to private school and I had to change the syllabus to an international syllabus. So oh. some of the courses that I would, uh, some of the um, yeah, subjects I was doing they had completely different syllabus for the year. Yeah. So I had to do two years in one. Wow. Others you could transfer and um, some didn't feature at all in the international. Whereas my sister, who's a year above, she went for went straight into year one of the international baccalaureate. Right. So it's different. It, it was different. So I sort of came in, I was, I didn't really feel I fitted in in the school um you know I felt a bit lost without my friends and without being able to speak the language and a lot of the children in the school were very well off and yeah. you know um completely different backgrounds and you know we still cycle to school yeah. <laughs> with our basket <laughs> on the front like you do in Oxford on a second hand yeah. bike and um I did find it really, really difficult. I worked really hard and unfortunate, and I th there was lots of good things. Looking back at it, I loved the experience and it was definitely lots of good things that came out of it. But um, I worked so hard and I got one out of eight O-levels. Right. And wow. I spectacularly failed at most of them. It wasn't yeah. just a, a, a D or an E, yeah. <laughs> but I got a B in English literature, <laughs> of which Are you speaking? I wasn't well, you can read at English, all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting at all, but I, I remember getting that and being so disappointed and just like the world had ended. Mm. And then um, the following um, year, you know, uh, and my, my parents are quite academically driven. Yeah. Um, you know it was you need to get your you know academia was of high value in their eyes yeah um so I felt um dis disappointment I didn't mm. feel um confident because I thought god if I've worked this hard mm. and I've got one out of eight 
Yeah. And it wasn't like near misses. Uh, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I think that was probably the, at the time, the point where I thought, I don't think I'm, I'm fearful of exams. I don't think I'm academic. I'm not mm. the brightest spark, all of those things. So that mm. was this, probably the start of me thinking I couldn't do it. Mm. And so what, what happened from there? What was your, what options did your parents suggest you looked at? So did you stay in Switzerland after that? No. What happened? So then we moved back to Switzerland and my sister was in the same place that I was. So she ended up halfway through International Baccalaureate, moving to, back to Oxford. And yeah. but she went to a private school in Oxford and finished right. her International Baccalaureate. I oh. went back to the school I was in, uh, yeah. did an extra year, we took and got all bar one so interesting um, it was yeah but I think from then and you know my, I don't I can't remember my parents ever saying you can't go to university or it just never came up oh, and I kind okay. of remember or a levels and uh, you know I kind of remember them saying you really like cooking you really like kids you're good with those so what do you want to be okay <laughs> and I thought this is a careers talk right um, there <laughs> yeah I thought well cooking is um really hard work being a chef yeah. and crappy hours mm. so um I look after kids <laughs> so and I is that what of, you did I did I then did my uh NNEB and what, uh, what does that stand for for the uninitiated? Oh, God, now you're taking me back. Nursery Nursing Education Diploma. Yeah, okay. So I think an NEB, no, board. Board? Board, yeah, yes. Board. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. it's a two year course um, and it allows you to be qualified in being a nursery nurse or a yeah. nanny or, you know, any of those sort of routes. Yeah. Um, I passed that, um, which again I was surprised at because <laughs> there was quite a period of time where I didn't really go into college, and mm. because I don't think it was something that I ever wanted to do. I was given two choices in my mind. I was given two yeah. choices, and I chose one. Okay. It wasn't like oh, I love kids, and that's what I want to be, and I've got this vocation of being a teacher. It was. Mm. I don't want to cook all my life so I'll look after it <laughs> you, you know it was that sort of yeah. choice um so I, and I did that and I passed and um I did personally have a lot of um I don't know how to put it in my in my head and my heart I felt I disappointed, I didn't feel I'd achieved, I have felt this not good enough because I hadn't got A-levels or gone to university mm. because everywhere around me, people were saying, that's what you should do. That's, mm. that's how you get on in life. That's academia is valued, university is valued. Everybody mm. who has good jobs and does this sort of line, a linear line of getting to success. Yeah follows that route and that wasn't an option for me mm. and I've and I did feel I think internally I kept thinking 
maybe I'll go to university because th- I'm, I'm pretty sure I could do it. But then yeah. am I doing it to prove to my parents rather than yeah. me? And do I need to? I don't know. There was lots of time where I had these sort of arguments with myself. (laughs) Should I? No, you shouldn't. And you're perfectly fine where you are. And but what if you don't achieve? That's you're just proving them all right. And you know all this self doubt Mm. and and everything. And yeah, so I I never did. Is the upshot? Um, I did my nursery nursing. I worked. Um, in that for many years uh, in a private day nurseries Uh, got up to deputy manager and um, then realized that um, it doesn't pay an awful lot and I wasn't sure if I could ever live off salary yeah and there was nowhere to go there was no it's not that kind of business where you'd get lots of training or you could specialize or you know um so I made a decision to leave <laughs> and, um, okay so that's where we were so you left having another job to go to or what happened I I, I did so basically um I, th- I think it's fair to say that I've gone through life not knowing what I wanted to do mm not believe it not having the passion in in like oh I really want to do this Mm. and not having a lot of self-belief I suppose Mm. um but then on the other side having this what's the worst could happen (laughs) crack on and do it and if if you might learn something so I've got sort of two sides I suppose Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the parents that I looked after their children, mm-hmm. uh, the husband worked in this small company, um, PWA in mm-hmm. uh, Marlow. And um, I was speaking to them and I had applied for several sort of admin jobs because yeah. without a degree, without yeah. a qualification, I looked at what skills I had. I was good at organising I'm quite an action orientated person. Mm. I'm good with people. So I identified those things and thought, well, maybe I could do some admin role or reception. I remember I had a job interview at Mercedes uh, garage for receptionist there. Um, And and then uh, he offered, well, I had a couple of formal interviews with this PWA company and they offered me admin role um and I remember walking in and they gave me a computer and that's how old I am I'd never seen a computer or <laughs> one on <laughs> okay and I remember sitting there thinking okay uh, I've got to spend all day with this thing and I don't know what I'm doing that's um, like that's like me when we first had kids Sarah don't worry <laughs> <laughs> How do I turn the child off? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, but they were really good. And, um, you know, looking back, I think they hired me for my personality and my attitude and my potential, as opposed to what I, they could always teach me. And they did. They got somebody in for two weeks and they sat with me intensely 
for two weeks and showed me how to switch a computer on, how yeah. to turn it off. I only ever deleted <laughs> files that I shouldn't delete once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Learned my lesson. Um, you know, so they gave me those um, hard skills as such to get through to enable me to do the job but all the soft skills they believed I had and I think that's all I needed I think to get me into the next stage and that's really um well I just you know it's great to hear because actually and people do need to hear that it is there are skills you can be taught so you could be taught how to use a computer. You can be taught how to, I don't know, do coding. But it's yeah. sometimes those emotional uh, intelligence or those qualities, those transferable skills, which yeah. are what make you such an asset. Yeah. So you, um, so PWA was a software company. Yeah. Uh, so what did you do, Sarah? Did you go on and become a coder? Because that's what technology companies do, I isn't did it? I not. Um, <laughs> I did not. I stuck to, I did the admin, then I could transfer to managing the training team. Um, so all their training delivery team. Um, so booking their calendars. So just doing all of that. And then I went into being a deliverer of training. Um, and so I wrote courses, I delivered training courses. So I did that for a long time. And then again, with the same company, then progressed into managing the team of trainers. Um, and so doing that mix. So I did sort of touch my toes in sales a little bit. Um, and um, but it, it, sales is a hard, harder environment. Um, and I'm not sure I am financially driven enough mm-hmm. for a sale, a true sales position Mm -hmm. Uh, I loved it uh, but I kind of I love the relationship side of it building the relationships some more account management than pure sales Mm. I think um that that's too much risk for me (laughs) (laughs) if you not hit your number you're out yeah exactly Uh, yeah (laughs) that's so you've kind of gone from being very entry-level job administration and then you're managing a team yeah um and did did you ever um encounter any moments where people were surprised that you hadn't come through the graduate route so you know it software industry do find quite a lot of grads yeah experience Um, i I found i think because it was a smaller company um Mm there wasn't like a graduate scheme in place. So maybe that didn't. And I think there was certain times, especially when I first started, I avoided talking about what I did before. Um, And that I hadn't gone to university. And for me, I certainly felt I had to doubly, almost triply prove myself that I didn't just get the job because I used to be in the nursery with the boss's son. Mm. I didn't get the job because, uh, you know, I, 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 they liked me. I, mm. you know, I got the job on merit and I, I did feel I had to prove myself, um, mm. but without disclosing too much either, because I didn't want to be put in that position. 
Um, mm. And I certainly, I still had a lot of, um, I admired all the people that went to university for lots of reasons, you know, academic, ac academically, but also the social side, I think you, you learn to be a independent young adult. Mm. Um, maybe not always the most responsible, but, <laughs> you know, from that university days, I think, and you're all doing it together at the same time. Yeah. I think that's just as important for mm. uh, young people as it is the, the actual qualification. Um, I didn't find there, there were some individuals that pushed back a bit um, mm. and I put limitations, I would say, on myself. But then equally, being in a small company, there was individuals that took those limitations away from me and just said, you can do it. And because yeah. I think if I had gone into a bigger company, I might not have thrived. But mm. I think because it was a smaller company, you know, I remember Annabelle, my, my, um, my boss at the time, she was like, you can do it you know, as we got bought out by bigger companies and there was another role, she's like, you can do it, go and do it. That's where you're really good. Go and do that. And I thought, because of our relationship, I thought, if you believe in me, I'm pretty yeah. sure I can do it. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. And, and did you, so what happened then between, say you've gone working in, you've done working in nursery, you just swerved working at the Mercedes dealership, you've gone into yeah. software, you lead a charity now. What happened between software and SmartWorks? Software, SmartWorks. So I'd worked basically from PWA all the way through for like 13, 14 years, um, although they'd been bought out and sold and, you know, bigger companies. And then I was made redundant. Um, and I moved in to... Uh, a different role so I, I moved in when I got made redundant I did lose I took it personally as a lot of people do when they're made redundant even though I knew that wasn't the process I just mm. thought it, it's horrid to feel that you can be let go and yeah. not have a devastating effect on everyone yeah. um, and I then had to go through the process when you're at your lowest to try and find a job. Um, yeah. I did, um, and I found a job uh, in another software company. Mm -hmm. um, now, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was a huge challenge, but it was also culturally not the right fit for me. And mm -hmm. I wasn't the right fit for them either, mm -hmm. so it, it didn't, didn't quite... I, I was there for three years, yeah. a suitable amount of time left there and then thought I have now no idea and no direction and nobody telling me go for this mm. I don't know what to do so I actually started volunteering um I did a coaching course with uh, a friend of mine just to really go with her she asked me and I went yeah all right I'm not doing anything so I <laughs> went and did a <laughs> I thought, and again, this is what I do. I sort of, somebody asks and yeah. if they think I'm capable, I'll go, oh, okay, I'll give it yeah. a go. So I went and did that. Um, and through that, I started volunteering at Dress for Success in London. Mm -hmm. And that was to get my coaching hours up to date initially mm -hmm. was why I did it. And I really enjoyed it. 
And what were you coaching people in? It was interview coaching. So interview people going into uh, interviews. So I was doing all the coaching, one-to-one coaching there. Mm. And I really liked the variety. I really liked the, the, the way you could, I could sit there quite simply just listening and asking questions and help someone make a significant change in their life. Yeah. And so you get the instant reward, which I love. Yeah. And um, also the pressure of not, uh, uh, the pressure of being paid sometimes for me. Yeah is a bit overwhelming sometimes not being paid (laughs) means that that pressure is almost away but you Mm. know I understand that is because I was in a you know a lucky position where I didn't have to find a job where I was paid Mm. at that point Mm. um so there is a balance but that did allow me to say well I don't need to worry about the finance side I can just go and explore what I what do I love what I don't I love mm. what gets me up motivated again and that's what I needed at that time because I'd lost a bit of confidence and mm. direction and where I was going mm. and then I left uh, so when I was volunteering they changed from dresses for success to smart works and then they were looking to open up pop-up sort of um, centers across the UK and I thought the only thing I don't like is commuting to Islington yeah Um, so why don't I just set up and again I just blindly went in no (laughs) no oh my goodness this is going to be really hard work and do I have the skills I just thought I know I can coach and I know what I'm seeing every day at London Mm. I'm sure I can do it and, then, and and how was it then just setting up a, a charity Sarah is it just you just do it then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I kind of uh, I had a lot of, in that first year there was a lot of calling on friends yeah um calling on family uh calling in favors um trying learning coming to the end and going right I mean the end of year one I remember you know we were just closing the doors had no staff had no money mm-hmm. and thought and I remember my husband saying you are going to have to seriously think about closing the door and I remember just thinking no because that means I've failed mm-hmm. even though we'd seen people we'd set it up that to me didn't mean that 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 would have wiped everything out yeah my head so um gave it one last push and lo and behold I mean and this is what happens in charity and that's what I love is as soon as you're right rock bottom something happens so we had applied for a grant with the council and for five grand I think and they submitted and and awarded us ten (laughs) okay And and I think that was come from the community and the mm. relationships I'd built up in the community, the community realised that they needed our service. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't me per se, it was the community needed the Smart Works Reading and 
it's really hard in your year one you know people don't funders need to see that you've got a track record of of making sure that you're using the funds effectively that you're delivering the service we haven't got that track record because you've only just opened yeah you know you can't get a bank account without a charity number you can't get a charity number without a bank account you know there's lots of these things that you just go oh my god if this was the business as opposed to a charity this is bonkers how i can't how do i set up a bank account if i haven't got money and how do i get money if i haven't got a bank account (laughs) it's you know we had lots of moments yeah um yeah so but we're here six years later and this is incredible so you've kind of been an employee you've worked in a number of different industries you have founded a charity um is there is there a point where you have surprised yourself with what you've been able to achieve yes i give myself i have to say when the one time i truly felt and i do think sometimes sometimes i don't always i wash over a lot of what mm-hmm. I do because I still fundamentally think if I can do it anyone can do it so therefore it's mm-hmm. not an achievement and that's a, that's the way <laughs> I've always thought I know it's <laughs> it's just one of those things in my head it's that little conscience on your shoulder that mm. I need to get rid of but the one time that I thought I was truly proud and thought wow I have no idea how I got here but I mm. I I know I played a significant part Mm. was when we managed to celebrate our fourth birthday at the House of uh, Lords uh, House Commons and um, we had retailers, ambassadors, volunteers, staff, um, just everyone there and Alak Sharma there and I stood up to say, well done, everybody. And I thought, wow, all of these people have mm. made this happen mm. and have joined us along the journey, ups and downs. We had past and present people, trustees and volunteers. And it, it really, it was overwhelming to see, especially the client stories, you know, where that one lady had come for our service and then she was now at a company and she promotes SmartWorks Reading within that company. Mm. Um, and to be able to see that change in the impact, not just on individual women, but on retailers, on your community, on their lives, and the mm. volunteers, you know, they absolutely love it, mm. uh, work it. And, and, you know, I love it still now. I, you know, still love seeing that impact that something so simple and timely can make a difference. Mm. And it is, it's incredible. So you've got a, you know, a board of trustees. You've got money in the bank. You have helped 700 Yes, women not, to f- that we know of back into work yes back into work so women who may have lacked confidence yeah taken a career break yeah. had something happen in their life over which they didn't have any yeah. control 
that's quite something isn't it and yes. so um tell me about when you were awarded your MBE Sarah wow. how was that well it was again it was um small as for, for me it's one of those that internally I saw it as my university degree it mm. was my validation um mm. that I had achieved something mm. you know and someone had given me a, a badge um to achieve that do you nice. know what I mean it's like <laughs> who did you get your badge from who's it from the lovely Prince William if I'm allowed to say lovely <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all right yeah, yeah. He, wow. it, was, it was really it was a fabulous experience it was lovely to share it with family and and you know the whole day and you know be able to be recognized for that and it also not just for me but it it helps the charity moving forward um yeah. you know that people connect with you or they want to get involved with you because you're at that sort of level of recognition mm. and and the charity itself has also won well, an MBE yes, yes? It has. So um, we were nominated last year by the lovely Berkshire um, Community Foundation mm. and um, they put in for the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service. And that is an M equivalent of an MBE for your volunteers. And uh, we were one of quite a few uh, charities in Berkshire and across the UK to receive the award. Um, so we've all, all of us have got a badge, um, <laughs> and uh, this is it. Donk. Nice. That's yeah. our little badgy. And then we'll have a ceremony in Berkshire later on in the year, and two people will be invited to the garden party, Queen's Garden Party next year. Oh wow! So That's it's great. a it's a real honour being a volunteer-led organisation you know we've got mm. 70 at least volunteers and 10 board members mm. that are all volunteers and two staff and that we've had one staff up until yeah. basically two years ago and then we've got two now so wow. it's a really small you know lean yeah. um, model but mm. their volunteers are the heartbeat of everything we do. So um, to kind of, I guess, come back to or think about finding work and non-graduate routes, and there's probably a nice piece here actually in the in the work that SmartWorks does. So I suppose I've got a couple of questions. One is, well, how would so how would SmartWorks Reading help somebody? To who's at the moment going I need to get back into the workforce mm. and I am having a difficult time of it yeah so but we've got two lots of services um so what is career coaching so that's um primarily come out in the last year and that's for any anyone who has been made redundant lost their job whatever for whatever reason is unemployed and needs to find hasn't even got the confidence or the knowledge to know what jobs to go for 
um, and just needs that one-to-one coaching to identify their strengths, their transferable skills, um, anything like that. It's particularly people in retail, hospitality, that there aren't jobs to go back to, mm. to a certain extent. So they're now going, well, I was 50, uh, I'm 50 plus, mm. I'm out of my job, I've been in it for years, now I've got to find a new direction and I wasn't expecting it. So we have um, career coaching sessions where we sit one-to-one with them and we do it virtually or in person, but at the moment it's all virtual. And we talk through identifying strengths, transferable skills, building your CV, your LinkedIn profile, applying for jobs, things like that. And then as soon as they've got an interview, they come and see us for our first dressing appointment where they get a an hour with two volunteers styling and dressing them and that's what I call as of this soft coaching um it's not really coaching but it's making them building rapport asking questions um we always say you know how does that outfit make you feel on a scale of one to ten and we try to get it up to the ten um rather than that looks really nice do you like it (laughs) because it doesn't matter if it looks really nice or if it's fashionable or if they like it Mm. if it doesn't make them feel confident yeah then that that's our aim and Mm. you know to get them to lift their head and quite often you know women will say oh I don't I don't wear dresses and I don't do pattern and then they go out in a you know pattern dress <laughs> with a bright red jacket and some killer shoes or whatever yeah. and you think that's your confident you yeah and so um you know so they have that hour and then they have another hour um all those clothes are theirs to keep and then yeah. they have an hour with an interview coach and they talk about interview questions or presentation or any anything really that they feel that they um need help with and then they go off and hopefully get the job if they get the job um they can come back for second dressing where they get capsule wardrobe of clothing Mm -hmm. um and um we are currently at 63 percent success rate which is really high yeah it is it's fantastic yeah it's all about confidence and helping them to uh, a, yes there's the practical side but it's the yeah. non-judgmental welcoming everybody's got a backstory yeah. everybody's got challenges and again a lot of it is focusing on attitude and and confidence so you know if someone says I've been you know, suffering with mental health challenges and, you know, I've been out of work for five years because I've had severe depression. I'm okay now. Mm. How do do they say that in a positive way where they're being honest and positive and confident in themselves to that potential employer? And some of our clients do have a lot of challenges that are really tricky, you know, whether it be from domestic violence or um, they're, they're out of, they come out of ex-offenders or, you know, whatever it is. Or they might be a single mum of three kids, um, yeah. all under six or something. Yeah. And these are all challenges that 
And it's about building their confidence so they can go, I've got this. You yeah. know, and then employer really to believe that. So yeah. they and it and it works. That's fantastic. And and as a as a final question, so there's a really practical ideas there i know smartworks have got um branches throughout the uk so i will put that in the show notes once i figured out how to do that um what do you think then as a kind of final thought what do you think it is that helped you to get to where you are what what do you think were your attributes that helped you navigate those different careers to where you are today i think I think the main one is, um, well, two two things, giving it a go and not being afraid to give it a go Mm. and relationships. Yeah. And if, when I, you know, I had total trust in Annabelle, my manager, Mm. that if she believed in me, that gave me an extra boost. Yeah. when maybe on my own I wouldn't have done it so mm-hmm. I think having a good relationships of friends families mentors whatever um helped me to achieve and uh, sort of fall into my career steps <laughs> and that's what I feel like I've sort of gone oh, okay and then gone oh there was no three five-year plan <laughs> you know it was yeah. just this is what I'm going to do I'll, I'll do this today yeah and then it's worked and identifying you know personality and attitude count for a lot yeah and you know as you say you can get companies can train you for stuff yeah but <clears throat> they want people who want to be passionate about their job love what they're selling or doing Mm -hmm. and work great in a team and all of those things are the soft skills that you know I think have helped me overcome the fact that I haven't got a qualification yeah oh I love it I love it is that not being afraid to give it a try I'll um I'll set up a charity it'd be fine (laughs) (laughs) and it works out brilliantly Sarah um (laughs) <laughs> that's great thank you so much for your time I've just oh, loved pleasure with you and hearing about you uh, almost having a kind of Swiss finishing school experience but, but not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the highlight <laughs> <laughs> no it's an interesting stepping stone yeah. on the way but um yeah. that's great thanks ever so much Sarah oh thank you Tony been listening to University Challenged with me, Tony Kent, and my very special guest, Sarah Burns, MBE. If you or someone you know could benefit from the services that SmartWorks Reading have to offer, they are easy to find online. And if you don't live in the Thames Valley, don't worry. SmartWorks has services throughout the UK, and you can find the one closest to you by going to www.smartworks.org.uk. Thank you for listening and for spending part of your day with us. Please do let me know what you think. I look forward to bringing you the next episode.